Welcome back to Big Content. Holiday episode, I guess. Mm. Filming this super early. Never early enough to start setting goals. Today's episode, me and Jack are going to run through our goals for the 2023 calendar year. Some personal, some business related, some personal business related, company related, whatever it is. Mine are kind of just a random mix of things that I feel like I almost need to talk through and flesh out before I put them onto hard paper. But this is a way for us to capture our ambition in in numbers and, and have some sort of benchmark that we're going after. I think it's important to have something that like when you need to make tough decisions, you know what you're looking at when you're making them. You know, it's like, does this decision get me closer to what my goals are? So we're going to flesh them out throughout the episode. Jack, you're currently where right now when this goes live? <laughs> in Florida. In uh, Florida. Well, is it going live? It goes live on Mondays. So I'll we'll be keep in, it with Monday. I'll be in Indianapolis. Colts? Yeah. Oof. Who are they playing? They play the Chargers. Okay. Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Cool to see him play. <laughs> He's, he probably is really fun to watch in person. So the one time I've seen him play, well, I've seen him play twice in person. One, the Ravens schlacked them. The next time was in L.A. And actually, I've seen him three times now. Whatever. The the famous throw against the Giants where it's like all his arm talent on mm-hmm. display. I was sitting in the end zone suite and had like like – yeah. It was the like angle. Saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, damn. And so that was cool. So he's fun, but I know like Chargers are going to Charger. So we. But just seeing him like as a physical specimen yeah. is is even if your your seats are all the way up, you could like still see Justin yes, Herbert and he's how got physically talent. talented. I'm arm. excited to see my boy Eck. Hopefully Ellinger is back starting by then. I think Matt Ryan. This is posted like what ten days after we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Matt Ryan will not be the starter by that game. Uh, I don't. I don't think they bench him. But I, I mean, think they bench him today. The team is just toast. Everything about it is toast. White bread, wheat bread. There's no like. There's no good option there. Everyone they put <laughs> it's behind. So centers. funny that they just like they went Rivers, then they went Wentz, then they went Ryan. Like who? Who are they trading for? Russ in the offseason? They like, who's think their guy. Yeah, they think they have a, a roster that like just needs a usable quarterback, but I don't think they realize like their roster is not elite. You no, know? It's, it's not the, like a like the Niners. They're not the Niners. Exactly. They're, not they the, Niners. they're the Niners. <laughs> but missing good weapons, good defense. Jimmy G next year. On the like Indy, that I mean, would that would, fit. That would, that would fit there. Yeah, that would make too much fucking sense. I hope they don't go down that path. <laughs> the people in Indianapolis, I feel like, are probably great people, like really nice, just normal ass yeah. people. They de- honestly, they deserve a subpar team <laughs> or on par team. All right, let's talk goals. Numbers. Well, real quick on goals in general, goal setting. Yeah. So I set twenty two goals. You didn't set twenty two goals, right? What's your general belief? And second follow up to that is, do you think calendar based goals are important? Like, you know, we're setting for 23, and everyone who talks about a New Year's resolution, everyone's always like, well, just start it today, like on December 17th, right? So, And you've done that with BDG, which we'll talk about. So when you're setting goals for 23, should you also be setting long-term goals in kind of pair with that? Because like you said, I can look back at these goals as I'm evaluating, does this get me closer to this? But some things, you know, short-term gain versus long-term gain. So what's your general thoughts on goals before we dive in? So I don't typically set goals, especially not numbers-based goals. I, I think goals for me, it goes back to what I said, like it's good to have a direction. Most of the goals that I set for myself are, uh, they're more like feeling-based. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is the way I want to feel. So like when I make decisions, it's like, is this going to get me closer to like being happy or being fulfilled or being this. So it's hard to put numbers behind that because numbers very rarely end up being like the reason you're in a good place mentally. But I also think for me, it actually would help put numbers behind things Mm -hmm. because I could see myself getting complacent in certain areas where if I had a goal, I know I could accomplish certain things. And sometimes I just don't do it because I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm happy. Like we're going in a good place, but I probably have another gear that could help us. And this is the first year fully from start to finish that we'll be in the office. We'll be running as a business outside of just myself. Mm -hmm. So I need to start thinking about maximizing profit and maximizing revenue and, and doing things like that, which is not a normal thing for me, but I'm ready to embrace that a little bit. Uh, So I think numbers will help me push myself. It'll help me push them in a certain direction. Um, I, I think that's ultimately what actually will will probably help the most is that when I have numbers, 
I could put them on like a number scale and be like, this is what you have to accomplish numbers wise. Um, for me, my, my, my goals are a little bit mixed between numbers and feelings and um, events that I want us to kind of rip off of. So goals, I'm, I'm kind of like off and on on them. Yeah. I also want to make sure we're conscious of the people watching. They're not all business leaders, but mm -hmm. setting goals for, you know, becoming a creator is important. How many pieces of content? Maybe you don't set viewership goals. Maybe you don't set follower target goals because that stuff can fluctuate and it and a long-term goal maybe makes more sense versus short-term, but from like looking back on my 22 goals, I would say even the ones I have crossed out in red that we didn't accomplish, setting the goals does help. Like I am a big believer in goal setting. So if you're starting out on your content journey, set some goals, set a follower count, set a view count, amount of pieces of content, collabs. Like What goals from last year did you accomplish that you're most proud of? Goal from last year. You're the most so, proud of or most like excited about? Yeah, so one is like I, I set a goal to not get too high or too low. Like I think that it's just so easy to so fluctuate. So that's like a feeling goal, Yeah, right? that and one's a that's, feeling That's goal. really helpful when you're making decisions because like you can really, when you do like numbers, sometimes the decision you make, if you're like, I want to hit this number of subscribers or whatever, right. makes you Yeah, maybe you guys sell yourself short. Yeah. yeah, but I do have, like we set a goal to have 10 shows on Snapchat and we hit 13. So that's like a number-based goal that we had a clear plan how to get there, hire a full-time editor, pay the talent, have thumbnails, like that. And we had an ideas doc. And so that's really nice to set out a plan and then see us execute on it. So the highs and lows, did you accomplish that, you think? I think so. I think because that doesn't mean there's no highs and no lows, but don't get too high or too low. Actually, ironically, Russell Wilson's, um, he is like a mental coach. I don't know if you've, he wrote a book and everything. didn't know that, but um, this is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the funny part is because it feels like Russ is in really the lowest point of his career right now as he's making $230 million over mm -hmm. the next half decade. But the coach, it's all about staying neutral. And that, I think, is really, really important because we've had massive success this year. We haven't had lows this year, like really bad lows. And so understanding, like, let's celebrate the successes. Let's keep pushing forward with that momentum. But you can't overcompensate and be like, holy crap, this is the best year ever. It's always going to be like this. Like, stay in neutral, stay focused. Okay. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I'll just kind of start off with that. We'll, we'll leave some of the clickbait stuff a little early on since we're already kind of going down this stream. But for me, I didn't necessarily put like, have a better grasp of the highs and lows, mm -hmm. but not to be burnt out by the end of football season. Yeah. So I think each year I've gotten more and more in tune with like what I need to do to stay sane by the end of the football season. I think I've actually done a pretty good job this year relative to other years and it's gotten better and better. I'm definitely not there yet, but the way I work and the way our industry works, if you want to stay competitive from a business standpoint, you have to be putting out an insane amount of content throughout the week, every single day. That's well-researched, thorough, all that kind of stuff. And as a kind of a one-man show when it comes to the in-season stuff, that burns me out. So to pair with that, like not to be burned out by the end of the football season, but have another legitimate content creator doing season long stuff mm. along with me. I need to start thinking bigger picture and outsourcing some of the stuff that was like the core of our business and is the core of our business that I felt like only I could really bring it. And right. I'm like, that's just not, it's just not true. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just not close to true. So um, we have some, some good players right now that are going to be helping me out from the off season, like dynasty rookie stuff. Mm. And I don't know if those are the same guys that will do in season, season long stuff, but I want to, I want to find at least one, legitimate dude that I feel really good about taking on some of the workload that I do in season. And that will help me not be burnt out. That's also on my list, which is higher full-time talent. So I want to bring someone like Casey's development inside the brand has been great and we'll continue to work on that. But I would like over the course of the year to find one person who has a following, a pre-existing following, bring them into the fold and bring them in. But I think like the, the number one goal for 2023 is it's the year of snapback sports, not snapback sports by Jack, not Jack Settlement, not Nick Urcolano has to do everything. Mm -hmm. So I think we're probably aligned that like 
the brand has to become a brand outside of us. Now, we'll still be the focal point of the brand for a lot of it. We'll still be the face, and we'll still have to work the 80 hours doing talent plus building the business. But it has to be thought of as, like, on our pitch deck, there isn't anything about me. Like, it has to be, here's what Snapback Sports following is. Here's the viewership Snapback Sports does. Could we do Snapback Mondays and someone else is? And so this is really encouraging. I think if you're trying to get into the creation space, these brands are going to build bigger than the original identities. And so that's that's the number one goal. That you yeah, I mean, that's going to be the avenue for, like you said, a lot of content creators now. For a while, I think, probably up until this point, most individual creators thought of themselves as individual creators. And right. now... Uh, not the cool thing, but I think the right path that's been laid out is is to play it out as a media company, and you want yeah. other people that can help you out so you can focus on things that you know you're passionate outside of just this specific thing, and and just help grow, and it you know it helps a lot of different people. So as a content creator coming up, like you're gonna be able to help other like reach out to individual content creators that are you know maybe above you, more popular than you, and ask if they need help. Ask if they would allow you to take some work off the plate if you have the resume, if you have the portfolio, you know maybe you can work something out. I think something that's always helped with me because I was such the front facing piece of our, our business for YouTube. If I ever brought someone on from the outside and realistically I've, I've done this like three or four times where I've probably made Noah, uh, the first Noah, Mike, um, new Noah on our channel. Like I've been pretty good at being able to bring people on and getting the audience to accept, accept them as like individual mm -hmm. creators. I think you just need to bring them on and probably for like a month or two be in the content with them. Yeah. Cause your audience is going to trust the content that you're putting on. And if they trust you, they trust that you're bringing on a person that like you fuck with. Right. Mm -hmm. So they'll, they'll also in tune be like on that same level. So if you can stay on the content for a month or two, it's like holding their hand on a bicycle, you know yeah. what I mean? And then after a month or so you let them fucking rip. Yeah. Well, real quick, holistically, like Mr. Beast, right? He isn't, and we've discussed this before. He isn't the best actor. He isn't the most engaging. He's a genius. He's a creative mastermind. But, like, he doesn't necessarily need to be the star of his talent for uh, forever. Like, could you not see him just writing scripts or coming up with ideas? And, obviously, there's other characters in his content now. He'll The Mr. Beast brand will always be Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that other characters don't fall into that and that, like, that's what he's best at. I think... I think there will always be a lot of his brand that will need him to yes. be the face 100%, 100%. of it. But I also think that he's so good at understanding why YouTube videos work holistically mm -hmm. so that I'm sure that people, his close friends that he has on there full time could probably make a video over the next month that does you know half as well as his videos just because... Mr. I mean, he's talked about this. He's like, I have a, sh a list of a thousand video ideas right. that I think every single one of them would go viral <laughs> if we made him. So he yeah. has like a formula. Yeah. And he's also spoke about maybe like consulting for smaller YouTubers mm. that he's like helped grow. And he's like, yeah, like I came in within like a week or two. They have a couple of videos that are like semi-viral. So right. I think the people that are under him that learn from him could probably take on 50 to 60, 70% of the stuff that he's done. He will need someone who's like got it you know yeah, that could yeah. really be the face of the show but yeah I've, i have no idea that I, I think the i think the real value is his knowledge not necessarily his face so I, i'd agree with that what other goals do you have so we ha i have two products that i want us to launch this off season and they are dynasty focused we don't actually have a dynasty rankings portion of our website we don't have anyone who specializes in dynasty right now and that's such a missed opportunity for us. It's 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 a really like big undertaking to do rankings because in Dynasty you need you need them to be like three hundred players deep. And every yeah. every time something happens, it's like a drastic change, obviously, because rosters are deep, 26, 28, mm -hmm. 30 fucking players or whatever. And then the second product is a, a Dynasty trade calculator, which is like most people in Dynasty are kind of clueless as it comes to trades. Mm -hmm. And just in general, trades are so hard to judge at the beginning. But like most people, we've done a really good job of in the offseason promoting our content as dynasty rookie content mm -hmm. so like we become thought of as like experts in the field in a sense right so if we introduce you to dynasty we make the product for it they'll be willing to buy from us and these are two of the me for me like very low-hanging fruit but extremely helpful and valuable products to our consumers that we don't have right now i was on a call with someone in the industry that's working on these two things right now outside of BDGs, never done content mm -hmm. for us. I've done content with him before, but this is like his main focus for the off season. He's been building out a tool with like a software developer. And I literally, I, I said to him, like, he's someone that I love doing content with. He's someone that I like get along with in the industry, which is rare for me to find. And I was like, 
I want to, I want to figure out how we can use your tool. I, I want to give you the exposure. I want right. to, I want to make sure you're like, we have a huge audience seeing the tool that you're building, but the flip side, have it work for BDG. So there's a chance that I don't think I'm going to like acquire these tools when mm -hmm. he's done building them from him. But I told him straight up, if these are well-built, if they're what I think they're going to be, I would have no problem giving him equity in our company in order to acquire these tools. That's how important I think these two things could be to our company as like a product. Okay. So I want, I want to ask you then. So one of the things on my goals is create the direction of the company. Right. And so when we've talked in the past, you've said you don't want to be a fantasy sports brand. You want to be a sports entertainment brand to a degree. But then a lot of these moves, you know, dynasty content, dynasty tools, fantasy tools. So how do you think about like picking a path? Do you need to? So like, what I think that's I'm a big investment. That's obviously. a big investment. Yeah. What I think I'm realizing is that when I say I don't want us to be a fantasy company, I think I'm more so projecting for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be just a fantasy creator. Right. I want to be a fantasy creator. I want to be a sports creator. Mm -hmm. I want to be a business creator, marketing mm -hmm. creator, whatever. This will be by far and away our most fruitful niche within sports. Right. And I'm very much okay with that okay. because that's, there's no one else really doing that being like a fantasy football, also sports and mm -hmm. like lifestyle brand. So I think we can live off productizing this niche. And as, as other opportunities come in, I'm okay having that kind of split up. But that was almost more from like a personal sense mm -hmm. where I'm like, I don't want myself to be boxed into that, gotcha. to that place. But I feel very comfortable with like how to monetize through that niche right now. Okay. So like if someone came to you and whatever, let's say you raise money or you're giving a pitch, like, mm -hmm. would you say you are a fantasy company first or I how would, would, yeah, I would say we're a fantasy football lifestyle brand. I would, okay. I would, I would probably pitch them on, uh, the products, the monetization things that we've done over the years, our audience within that niche. And then the lifestyle part of it is basically just the documentation of, mm -hmm. of what we've been doing up to this point, which is another goal of mine that we need to get back to for 2023. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I mean, I, I might pitch it as a sports media brand, yeah. but I would explain to them in depth, like how we, how we productize things mainly right. through the fantasy niche. Okay. I guess speaking on, on YouTube, we're like, we're really close to a hundred K we're like 93, I think. So I don't, I don't actually, this is not close. really a goal more than like, I'm really excited to finally <laughs> get the fucking plaque that I've been working for, for like fucking seven years. Uh, so we'll hit a hundred K on YouTube, hopefully, you know, by like, I don't know, in, in a few months. Yeah. So that's like a number-based goal that's not – I think it's easily attainable. I think it would be cool. And this was not on my mind, but a million on TikTok for our brand. We're yeah. at like 6'10 right now. And when I had the one-on-one -on -one meetings with all the employees, where I'm like, I want you to set goals for yourself mm -hmm. over the next four months. Sexy came into the office. He was like, I want to take over to TikTok, and I want to bring us to a million uh, a million followers on yeah. there. And I was like, you know what? That kind of fucking inspired me because <laughs> I didn't really care about it. But, like, I'm, I, I think I'd like to shoot for that as a, as a goal for 2023, a million nice. on TikTok. Okay, so continuing on YouTube, if you're a creator out there, please start posting on shorts. So <laughs> since we got the plaque, we just actually crossed 300K today. Sheesh. So we're growing like 60,000 uh, a month, which is insane. Like 60K, uh, like 6K a day right now. Like it's, it's getting insane. Like we I'm get really excited to see. I was listening to a podcast like yesterday where someone was talking about they, they, they have like a decently uh, big size YouTube following mm -hmm. and they were in a similar situation where they started putting out shorts and they were doing really well and helping them grow. But they were like, it was to the detriment of our longer videos. We don't see a lot of crossover. Yeah. But they're also like, yeah, there's someone well-connected. And they're like, I've, I have a lot of sources that say like YouTube's working really, really hard to make sure that the crossover effect eventually works. So I think it'll be yes. in your favor in 2023. Exactly. So that's why the goal specifically is not growth on YouTube. It's long form content and that crossover. So like everything I've ever done and, and why I'm such a believer in you guys building the TikTok, even if it's not a direct tie, build up that base and then start to shift people in the direction. It's much, much easier in my opinion. Now, obviously having a dedicated audience around a niche is, is amazing, and that way you'll have high engagement on anything you do there. But now that we have 300,000 YouTube subscribers and we know that one day, maybe it's in 24, maybe it's in 25, I don't know, but people will start to, and people just have more eyes. You have more eyes to have on it. So figuring out what that long form YouTube content is for us is going to be important. Is it vlogging? Is it sports-based content? Is it like, it's going to, we have to pick a direction because people come back for consistency. 
but I want to get consistent and I want to do What are you thinking for the direction? I honestly am not sure yet. We're going to have a big planning meeting in January where I'm going to try to set the direction of the company. I want to get feedback from, you know, the people in the company because we don't snap Snapchat. We're like general sports and that works because we're the biggest player there. But other places like you kind of got to pick a lane. Is it gambling? Is it fantasy? Is mm-hmm. it like it's just easier to do that on so, YouTube? It definitely feels like you need to pick a specific yeah, like path that you're going down. Yeah, so so we'll we'll figure it out, and and I think like you don't necessarily have to. You really just have to be consistent. Like I actually think there's a world where we could do gaming content, we could do day in the life business content, we could do sports vlogs. We, but if it's like once a month for this category, once every three months for this, once a week for gaming, like, and there's no consistency, that's. That will fail. You think but putting it all on one channel? I think you can put it all on one channel. Like Barstool does a nice job of it, and, and they're successful with it. So I think you can put it on one channel. You playlist it, and you categorize it, and the right people see it. But you have to be consistent. So that's really what I'm going to bank on. Yeah, I've kind of came up with the uh, conclusion that for us, we're like very, very specifically. We're going we're gonna to keep to a very clear path where it's, Throughout the offseason, it's Dynasty Rookie. Mm-hmm. Season-long hits like June. It's like very, very just fantasy, fantasy shit. Once a week, we'll have a vlog drop. Every single Wednesday, 12 p.m. Basically, the way I separated all their tasks going forward for the yeah. you know those one-on-one meetings is like very... For a while, we just had a lot of shit flying around. We're like, <laughs> yeah. you were working on this, but also here's like one or two TikToks that we just filmed. I need you to chop this up by then. Now it's very like you have TikTok. You have non-vlog YouTube stuff. You have vlog YouTube stuff you're doing some sales and like ad spending and shit yep. like that. Um, so I think us being more directed with that will help us. Cause I want to get back to the documentation. There's been so much that we've missed since we like stepped foot in here mm-hmm. that like really does not sit right with me that I never would have let slide. Like when I was working by myself, you know, right, there were just right. different errors within the office that I think could have been a bigger part. Just uh, the whole like bash in general, whether it was good or bad, like the bad times of the bash, like when the article dropped and when we were in the office, like, damn, like what are we going to, like I wish that was right. more on camera so we could look back and be like, fuck, that was crazy time. This is how we managed it. Yeah. yeah. It gives people a transparent look. Into yeah. Like it's sexy important. sleeping on the floor for three months, I feel like could have been <laughs> such a much a big part of our brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just shit like that was. Yeah. Uh, well, I, w- I was watching some Barstool content yesterday, really on like the history of it and when the, the inflection point when Erica came in, um, the, uh, the, the, like just hired the documentary. The CEO yeah, of the, uh, I think one of them was a documentary. One was the day with Penn when the announcement yeah. happened. They and did, it's just Dave like beers fucking did a, he did the documentary. I think, I don't know if he did every single one, but they have like a specific documentary. That's like 18 episodes. Long. Yeah, 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 yeah. So fucking good. Yeah. And I think it's just like that look in that mm-hmm. makes people align with the company. Side note, side tangent to that, like your pinned video on the channel is making a quarter million in 2020. Barstool, uh, what are they, like almost 20 years now, which is crazy. And the whole history of the newspapers, all this stuff. Um, But like four years ago, four or five years ago, $12 million company. Four years later, four hundred fifty million. So one, like she fucking just dominated. But yeah. it really goes to show, like how much could be accomplished. There are one in a million. I get that, but sometimes, like people don't realize, if you put in five years, you never know where you could get. Yeah, those kind of things become exponential. Like once you once you can like you're like trying to climb a mountain, and it's really hard to get your your fucking yeah. hand in it at first. But once you do, you're you're off to the races. Exactly. So that that graph is like flat, flat, flat. Like yeah, that, you know what yeah. I mean. I feel like we're at a good point where if we can capture it, like, yeah. not that we're on that road, but you know, not close behind. But, but we that's the craziest shit. Mm-hmm. Is like I never think of myself as like, all right, how can we? And and Portnoy even said like, no, I really didn't think it could get to this level. But like, we've been valued at a similar price as as them four years ago. So it's encouraging, obviously. But once again, can't get too high, can't get too low. I mean, going off that number, I guess. Uh, I would like to. I would like for us to hit a million in revenue this year. We've not done that before. We are. We're not going to get like necessarily super close to it this year, but we're definitely like trending in that direction, and um, and that's pretty crazy. When I just sit here and think about it for a second, for yeah. someone who just like, I don't know. I I don't think of myself as like an ego driven person or like egotistical whatsoever. But to think I I just started this out of absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. you know and look back and be like we might make a million bucks next year (laughs) you know and just have people here and i don't know it's 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 um it's really cool and i feel like we're on the the cusp of being a company that can do that year in and year out and i think next year is the first year that's 
um, a very realistic goal for us to hit. Yeah. My my revenue goal, so we crossed one this year, which was which was go. really nice. Um I, I was I wanna set I think one point five, like if I had to pick a number, but I the original thing I wrote down was actually to just beat last year in what I anticipate is going to be a very difficult market. Like I really think ad spend gets cut back. Fortunately, we're locked in, you know, with underdog for another year, so we'll be good to go. But I think like there's you got to manage your expectations, so I I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like right. I, I don't mind you setting that goal at all. I I actually encourage it. it. I encourage <laughs> it. Um, but I just think other people out there, right? If they're they're like, I want to be a full time creator, and this is the year I make that jump, and I got to get 80k. Just being conscious of okay, you can aspire for that, but this year maybe it's not through brand deals. You got to build out a product this year or something along those lines. So I just have tempered expectations to this whole thing. And I don't think if we actually dropped in rev this year, it's almost like I think everyone or majority of people will have a decline. How do we only decline 10% as opposed to 60% or 40%? It's it's a weird spot to be in for both of us, man. Like every year I go into it being like, man, this could be the year we pop for 8X. This could be the year that we like decline 10%. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, you yeah. never really know where no, it's going to come know. from. I mean, you're locked in for a year, so you have like a, a decent uh, vision of where the revenue is actually going to come from. But I've had, I mean, we've, we've, basically grown like almost like doubled each year yeah. in a sense so maybe like 200k to 400 and then like 750 or whatever yeah. and like yeah. that's why i feel like it's projectable that i can probably cross yeah. this mark but yeah. it's gonna take a lot obviously we're gonna have to keep innovating and keep pushing our products and and shit like that but yeah i mean if you are not if you don't have like a really strong foundation this year it could be tough because we don't know where the market's gonna go it feels like it's very much like in the decline but who knows how long that lasts for um yeah, I mean, you always have to innovate. If you're an individual content creator, you can never imagine that what you did last year is going to be the thing that gets you to grow year over year. Like, you always have to be thinking about, how do I double this? How do I come up with a new idea that my audience will like that we haven't done before, that our competitors aren't doing or something like that? So On, on the revenue stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, I think my goal is to pour gasoline and then be greedy when others are fearful. So what I mean by all this is, even if we match you know, last year's revenue goal, we ran highly profitable. We didn't spend anywhere near what we could have. So it, let's say we, we were profitable at 60, 70% of rev. Okay, well, if we drop off from 1.3 to one, but then we spend one, and, and then in 24, where are we? Snapback Kitchen is going. We're eight employees. We got office space. Like, that's true growth. That's honestly what investors want to yeah, see. Yeah, that's like, why I'm like excited for this year even in a down market because yeah. this was the first year that I put serious investment back into right. the business and I'm like okay let's see that come to fruition mm -hmm, now over mm -hmm. year two where the other years I was just making money just right. it, was, it was like 90 percent profit <laughs> yeah. and I was like not really putting it back into the business as I should because I wasn't really looking to build a, a huge fucking empire or whatever right. it was right. at the time now I'm like everything's going back in we need to start seeing returns and we you know if we were 90 percent profit before that we should be fucking ramping up very exactly. very soon yep so one thing that we had drop off our plate last year, a piece of content, one of my favorite things that we do every year was the NYC draft weekend where we have mm -hmm. subs fly out, like 11 subs. They come out, we get an Airbnb for the weekend. It always ends up being my birthday weekend because we don't have another weekend to do it before the fantasy season kicks off. So we have to draft then. And it ends up being like the most wholesome fucking weekend every year because I have like a handful of our fans come out. Then mm -hmm. we have anyone that does work for our company there. So mm -hmm. everyone in the office, it's like my friends who have any of one, anyone that's done like contractor work with us is there. And then all of my friends come out, right. like all of my, like my cousins, my, I family. haven't been, but I was out of town. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And the last, all his friends. the last all time, <laughs> the last time we did it, it was just like, it was just, it's so fun, man. It, it, yeah. it just reminds me like why I do all the shit that I do. And this summer we didn't do it because we had other opportunities, like we hosted the Sleeper Bowl, mm -hmm. and we were getting prepared for that. And then we obviously had the drop of BDG3, mm -hmm. and that those drafts were the weekend that we would have done the NYC draft. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, man, I don't think there's been anything we've done that's more brand-related than the NYC right. draft weekend. It's right. like it's like who we are. It's like vlogging, a fantasy draft weekend, the going community out. Is community is involved. Yeah, 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 man. It just like shows the personality of who we are, and I'm like, we should not have. And, and you do that. it every year. 
and that consistency is important. Mm-hmm. So I agree. You got to get back on. To, yeah. Oh, to we're doing, doing it that. this year for sure. I'll fucking that. That's almost that's, that's a like, lock. That's like borderline my one number one priority for right. the summer to make sure that that weekend like goes according to plan. And how many people is it that fly out? Yeah. Um, or like a, how many in the league? So it's a twelve team league. And will all four or five of that four or five of the employees be in it? None of them are in it. It's none. No. It's just you and then eleven yeah. sub. Yeah. So uh, we've had like throughout the years we've had. Some people fill in if we didn't have demand or whatever. Like Snacks was in it one year. Gotcha. Sexy was in it. Sexy was actually the defending champ from the last time we did it, but yeah. he wasn't working for BDG at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Now it's more so like I want to get more subs involved. Also, the weekend is fucking expensive as shit. So yeah. like rather than having uh, four spots filled by people who won't actually bring in any revenue right, for us, right. this is another thing that we don't make any money off of. Right. Typically lose money off of it. These guys are paying a high price, like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a piece to come out here and do the weekend. Right, and that inc- and then that includes everything except for the flight. They have to get here. Right, but they got to get here. But that's partially entry fee. That's entry yeah. to the league, which is like a two hundred twenty-five dollar entry. Um, that's the Airbnb, which we also we always get like a huge one. Dude, the over. rake is so high on that. I know, dude, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm like, They're I gonna write sign up. I can't believe people sign up for it. Yeah, uh, the Airbnb is wildly expensive, but then it's obviously like food, booze, like yeah, anything yeah. that we we go. Everything's out. covered. Rooftop bars and yeah, shit, yeah. like yeah, the the bill. Yeah, Rooftop. and and, and do we end up going crazy at the rooftops? And that's how we end up losing money every time. Yeah, because we like run out of bottle and you service. Get tables. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. So. um yeah, so that that uh, that's just a great marketing piece, and it's just something that brings us together. Yeah. And I like to spend the weekend with my my friends and shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. And I'll be there maybe at some point. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe you'll get the fucking invite this year. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if your grandfather. I have been in. invited, but I was out of town, and then Nick skipped. So, uh, one of my goals is host a large scale event with the Snapback community. And so we've talked a little bit about events, right? And how they take a lot of time and energy, a lot of planning. They're probably high risk, low reward out of everything. 100%. Right? Like, isn't that how you describe it's it? Like, it's like, yeah. Well, no, I, w- I wouldn't say low reward. I would say the upside's really high, but like the likelihood what of- What is being- the high upside? I mean, just the if you can mar- if you can capture it correctly yeah. and show it to your audience, I think that the craving for wanting to be there the next time, and also just right. the community but, building but, aspect. But of low it. reward in terms—that's why I like say it jokingly—is because the actual reward is you lose money, you high risk, you leverage yourself. Long term, though, there is no bigger payoff than doing consistent events, being able to do mm-hmm. that stuff, and eventually make money off of it. So I think, like, how do we go all in? We did the tailgate, which is great. We got 100-plus people in, bought tickets, all that stuff. But, like, do we do a golf tournament? Do we do something larger? Honestly, like, what I want it to be is Super Bowl. I don't know if we'll be able to fully turn it around in time, but – We've been out to Phoenix like two or three times now, and for some reason... Yeah, we are kind of tight on that schedule Yeah, now. but it's like a hot spot for us. So, like, am I going to use it as an excuse? Like, oh, it's a tough turnaround, it's a competitive weekend, or, like, should we just fucking go for it? So You in, should. I, I actually... Yeah. I, think I, I think I'd like to push you to do that because the draft weekend is a great example of it. Before I had ever done it, I remember I was out and... I was, like, at a, at a weekend event with, like other people that were uh, in a similar position to me, just like starting business or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we got an Airbnb together. It got organized through a dude who I was like, who was kind of helping me as like a business coach in a sense. He was like, I want to bring you guys all out together, have an Airbnb for like 15 people for the weekend. It was one of the more transformative weekends like of my life and not in like a super spiritual way, but it was Mm -hmm. like, man, at that time when I was younger, I didn't have other people around me that were like super ambitious. And I was like, oh, there are, there is a group of people out here that's really like trying to get after it in life. And that was the first time I had been in a, in in a house like that or around people like that for a long period of time. And my friend Noah, who I met out there who lives in New York city, he's actually the one who shot the bash promo for us. Like that, that Mm -hmm. really like well done video, really close friend of mine. Now we were sitting in the laundry room at that fucking house. I'll never forget. And I was telling him about the idea for the draft weekend. And I was like, man, uh, it's coming up kind of soon. It was like May or June. And I was right. like, it'd be in August if we held it. Yeah. I think I'm just going to hold off till next year. I don't know if we'll have the demand. He was like, absolutely fucking not. He's like, you're doing it this year. <laughs> yeah. Did it that year. It was awesome. Last year, uh, the year right before COVID, whenever the last time we did it was, I was like, man, I don't know if we're going to do it because it's kind of crazy. And then my best friend Steve was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like we're doing it. And we, we decided to do it in like July. So yeah. we had a few weeks to organize it. Ended up being the best weekend that we had. So it's never going to be a bad thing. Like you'll never regret fucking doing it. So yeah. Well, so push yourself. You also have people helping you. That's I don't know if that's necessarily true. I would actually say it's the moment for a lot of companies. 
you can sell rev, you can get viewership, but can you move people in person and then maybe even ask them to pay for something? That I think is the the inherent fear in most people. And I think that's why it's like such a big moment when you're like, all right, we got 12 people to fly across the country, participate in this and show out and pay money. I think it, I mean, that is the risk, but I think we would, that's the fear, but you got to beat that fear. Yeah, know? that's fair. You also doing it at like a higher volume. So it was almost like I put it out there. If I had like six people that are like, oh yeah, I'm in for this, then right. it's easy for me to lock up the Airbnb and figure exactly. it out that way rather yeah. than selling right. 200 if, tickets or something. Yeah, I might, I mean, I'm Super Bowl week, like some of the ideas were floating around. It could be like a 10, 20, 25, 30. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be a 30K investment where I would just be trying to like maybe make back the money, maybe just like get 10K lost. But like, what are you, what are you investing into that? If uh, between like now and then, if you're like, we're going to drop 30K on this, what's your third. So it would be like, so one of the ideas we've floated is like, could we do a Madden tournament slash meetup of some sort? So bring in some of the creators like in the agency who are on the gaming side, but we'd fly them them for like a fee. Well, we we probably wouldn't have to pay them because they would just be able to come out with, have to put them up in an airbnb i mean just that could be five ten grand the venue the we'd probably have to front the bar front the food you know ticketing all that stuff i think that's what and then once we kind of go half in you got to be all in so then it's like do you pay someone an appearance fee like do you pay juju 10k to come out and Mm -hmm. and play for an hour right (laughs) which is like the return on it really you're not going to make money off of that but Obviously, all (laughs) risk, no upside. (laughs) That's what it is. But I fucking love it. It is. It is. It's a really good test of, uh, you know, same thing. Like, I've I've floated golf tournament. Like, rent the course. Rent, you know. It's so funny that you built your audience to a way that, like, people really would want to do that. You know, like, I feel like I've kind of, because we've gone so niche, it's it's almost like, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know. That if I'm like, we're going to do a golf tournament. People would be like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to golf with you guys. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. know. The lifestyle side of you, the TikTok side of you, the drinking, the gambling. That's fair. I'm probably lying. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that. You're naming like seven different things. You motivate the shit out of people. We got people in here on Saturday. Saturday. We come here tomorrow. We'll have even more fucking people. (laughs) We're out here seven days a motherfucking week, dog. (laughs) Better be. Better be. We're not hitting any of these goddamn goals. Yeah, the last I'm trying to see like any of the, my final goals. The last thing is Snapback Kitchen, and it just needs to be a focus. That's a product for us. That's a that has the brand name on it. It's been pushed to the side in 23. It's been half-assed in my opinion, and that's fully on me. Um, and obviously, we need Pop Chew to kind of come with us and, and take advantage. So one of the things that ties into that, we're going to do like a snapback athlete partnership. So whether they're collabing on content, having a meal on the menu, whether it's NIL, whether it's professional, but like we got to, we got to just like make, we got to take the brand from like, all right, we got a lot of followers, but like, what are we in the market? Like, do people know about us, hear about us? Another it's just thing, like being, just showing up isn't enough anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, if we invest 50K, 100K of equity or cash, probably equity, I don't have that cash, but like half cash, quarter cash, whatever it may be, it'll probably be a shit investment, like in the short term. But what it does to position you in the market is like, okay, that athlete is now associated with your brand, not making a podcast appearance. They have a meal on your menu. They wear snapback merch. Like they're in the in the business, in the company, not the face necessarily, but we got to like, we got to just keep pushing forward. I think Barstool's done another tremendous job, but like uh, McAfee and Rogers, like though, anytime mm-hmm. you can tie a professional athlete in, I think is, is great. Yeah. So no goals for big content. These were snapback goals. I got Jack Settlement goals. Oh shit. Okay. Um, well, when you said your last one, I thought your list. Ran that was out. the end of snapback. Okay. Uh, one get engaged. Really? Yeah. You're going to hold up. <laughs> <laughs> That the okay sure. Do <laughs> you think I could accomplish that? I mean, it's kind of all up to me. It's, it seems like my hundred k YouTube goal. Like, it's just it's gonna happen if you want it to happen. It's not, not very difficult. I'm surprised uh, you want to put that two, out on camera. A, a fail goal last year. I really wanted to find a therapist. I did therapy Same, when I, when I was younger. I can't find a therapist. Everyone is kind of conditioned to online right now. I want to I want to do it in person. Um, Why so can't you find that? Have you just not looked? I've. <laughs> So, so I like half, I, I didn't really look for the first half of the year and then I want, and then like, I kind of wanted to do it. And then I got in the car accident end of July and I was like, okay, to talk through that trauma, 
would probably just be like a healthy thing to do. Like I genuinely am all good. I don't think about it. I wear my seatbelt, but I, I hit up a therapist that week because I was like, all right, this will push me towards, you know, doing it. I'm talking to the therapist uh, and she's like, all right, so here's like an analogy of how after I told her what had happened literally three days ago, she's like, here's an analogy of how like I like to do is like you're in the driver's seat and I'm the passenger. And I'm like, you just use the car analogy. So so I was like, all right, I'm just I'm going to set this aside. But that that's the second one. Third, I think. See, I say I think, and I'm like hedging it. I yeah. really need, I can't hedge it, but TikTok, like I should be going full on. On personal? Yeah, on yeah, personal too. I TikTok. have that on the goal too. I don't know what goal to set because I'm not, I, I don't want to set a numbers goal too. Be like you yeah. have to have 50,000 followers yeah. or whatever. But I would say being a TikToker. Like that should be the goal. I'm really? not talking like, hey, that type, of, that type of thing. I'm talking like. Your first platform, like something in sports happens, mm. my first instinct, react on TikTok. Something business happens, do it on TikTok. Go into a game, first thought, TikTok. That, I, don't, I don't think I'll ever get there. But I think that's the only way you're successful there, like at the, from what I've seen. Of course, you can do, like, yeah, if you're at Logan Paul's level, you do eight different platforms. But I think you have to go to that level and with trying to go to long-form YouTube content, I don't know if that'll be possible. It'll also probably hedge me. Snap's my mainstay platform. So I think I want to set that as a goal. These aren't finalized. They haven't been notarized and stamped. But you got to sit down and pick a, a physical direction for yeah. a lot of these things. Yeah, you have you a do. lot of things. you. No, I'm talking about you personally. You have no, a lot of things you want to do. No, but it is feedback for, for in general. Like, you do yeah. have to pick direction. Oh, I agree. Like, anytime yeah. anyone asks, like, how would you break through right now? My first, I would never. I'm talking about me personally, obviously, yeah, when we're yeah. having this conversation. Like, yeah. my first thought is always going to be go to YouTube because that's where I came up. But right. if someone's doesn't have a foothold there, yeah. I would always be like, TikTok's the only place you're going to really, yeah. like, hit and grow. YouTube shorts, potentially. It, well, like, everything you make. I just mean, like, vertical content. Right, you know, right. I would think about TikTok and try to make it a way that you can put it onto those other uh, platforms time length-wise. Therapy shit is definitely... It's like something I knew I should have needed. I remember I posted an Instagram story maybe like six months ago. And mm -hmm. I was like, anyone got any good therapist recommendations in New York City? Had like 15 people DM me like, oh, this one's great, yeah. great, great. All followed up like two weeks later, like, did you reach out? And I was yeah. like, no, I didn't. Because <laughs> one, I don't like, my health insurance is awful. Yeah. Two, I don't have, I don't actually have personal money to use on a therapist, which right. sounds bad. If I could write off therapy to yeah. the business, I you might do it. it. Yeah. I think so. I just don't have, all my money's tied up in the business and I don't like taking it from there to use right. for my personal shit. Right. But, but it I, is so important. Like it's important, it's, yeah. Especially I mean, as yeah. you're the leader of the company, and and to talk through stuff, like it's vitally important. It's also one of my biggest beliefs that like mental health is insanely underutilized in America. Like everyone, how many fucking TikTok influencers weightlifting? We always make the joke like bicep. Curls. I need to go to therapy because I also like don't sleep. I like do not. Well, yeah, that you should figure that out. I don't sleep. At, like <laughs> today, I was up so like. <laughs> Like criminally fucking early. And I was like, ah, I'm just not going to get back to sleep. Because my I wake up in the middle of the night, my brain just starts immediately. It's like a fucking fire hose that someone just turned right on. And I'm like, this is insane. You're like that. I, it's in the worst way possible, yeah. dude. It's not good. Like, uh, yeah, it's not good. I need to fix that. That's a goal. That's a That needs to be like my goal number one, honestly. I don't, you will not be able to navigate that by yourself. You need professional help to... <laughs> <laughs> don't I fucking know it? <laughs> to, I mean, you just like, how are you going to? Oh, I've been trying to push through for five years. Right. That's what I mean. That, it, I know. Yeah. I know. I don't even know where to start. It's it definitely just therapy. Yeah. But you do know therapy's kind of scary, though, dude. No, like, no, know? no, not at all. What do you mean? Like, therapy is not scary at all. It is the best thing. It is no. literally the best thing in the world. I'm telling Okay. So. I can't deny your feelings and a lot yeah, of people feel that. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare I'm sorry. You? Uh, but it but I can tell you from experience it's not scary at all. Like it's actually the least scary thing. I you get someone you're just like talking to someone and you get Right, but I feel like I'm going to uncover so many things about myself that oh, I don't oh. I mean them from that standpoint, yeah. not like like going into talking about the car. You yeah, will. yeah, that's terrifying to me. Uh, it shouldn't be though, because you, you should need to like self-awareness is the number one trait. Anyone can I'm have. not self-aware at all. <laughs> That's why you need it. <laughs> I but, hate everything. <laughs> you instant regret of this podcast. Yeah, my, exactly. My point. Yeah. This turns into a therapy session. I hate it already. My last thing is, yeah, is this podcast. Uh, I, I didn't set any 
actual goals. I think that we also need to have an official planning meeting early next year mm-hmm. once football is finished. Not early next year, like March, like in January. We got to talk about, you know, what we want this to be, how we want to do this, what the goals are. So that's really my goal is to set goals for this podcast. Okay. I have one. I, w- I, I would like not to miss an episode in mm-hmm. all of 2023. That's the first thing, you know, okay. we say like, you could put numbers behind it, but I think that's a that's an actual number that's mm-hmm. uh, driven from a good intention. Um, I I actually literally wrote down. I don't know if I want to put numbers on it, but fuck it. <laughs> I'd like to get YouTube up to 10k and our TikTok up to 50k by okay. the end of the year. I think that's extremely reasonable if we actually put the time, effort, and started to think more about thumbnails, how we wanted to do that, how we wanted to promote the YouTube channel from right. the TikTok. Um, once I. I really think once we sit down and, and strategize about the direction of this and like really put plans behind it, we could make this into something special. Yeah. I've talked I, to a lot of people that like really enjoy the podcast. Well, that's what I was going to say. I already can count like a handful of people have said like, this is a positive impact. I listen, this helps me. So once again, when we goal set, if you say 10 K and 50 K on TikTok, are we even hitting the, re- or like is impacting 22 people actually what the intent of the podcast? Yeah. Is. I don't even know we, why I threw those numbers up there. Like no, I, no, no, I don't no, I, care about them. <laughs> well, I think the bigger you are, the more people you can impact and we can accomplish our goal of helping other creators. So I don't think that like, once again, build that base, right. And then you can tap into the the right amount of people. But uh, yeah, I think we just need to plan it out. I will say I'm very excited for it because a lot of stuff I've ever done is like my idea. And then I got to execute and tell people what to do versus like, it feels like not yet because, you know, snapback monies have truthfully taken all my time. But if we commit to it in 23, what could two people, you know, two high energy, high motor people working on it look like? I think that's, that's kind of like my thing. By the end of the next year, I feel like we should have the feeling that we're like, yeah, this is this is what we both want it to become. You know, because right. I think we both have a vision in our mind of where but another thing go. is, do we that the same way I say, like, I got to become a TikToker. Do we have to become podcasters? Like, is that where we have to go mentally? No. So I, I think basically that conversation you had is like, for me, if I'm starting something new, I'm looking at TikTok as a platform. Right. That's that's kind of right. what it is in my mind, to be right. honest. I'm like, we put the episodes out. People can listen to it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at, like, what are we doing on, on TikTok to grow the audience that right. way so that we can build it there, siphon it elsewhere. We just haven't sat down to tighten up the screws on a lot of things, direction, you know, goals and, and stuff like that. And I think once we do, like, I have, I have very, you know, not plans, but I have... In my head, I'm like, this could be, like, the thing. You right. know what I mean? Right. And I think we both feel that way. And I think yeah. by the end of next year, I'd like to feel like some of the physical things around us surrounding this podcast mm-hmm. are actually moving in that direction to show that. The, I'm just bullish on, like, just content creation. The playbook is so fucking clear. Mm-hmm. It's, like, long-form content wins. That's how you do it. But, like, the short-form opportunities to funnel in is just so plentiful right now like it's it's amazing yeah i mean we're seeing it happen in front of our eyes like slowly but like it's so clear that it's there so that's what excites me about that um i don't think i have any other goals written down i don't have any personal goals other what were your personal it was learn how to sleep (laughs) (laughs) maybe get like okay five good nights of sleep this year five five big rem nights well i mean i had i had like uh find a therapist eat a cleaner diet donate more to charity help others journal meditate okay but that those are like those are like you found that in a hallmark card. like there's no action <laughs> right, right. there's nothing actionable behind that well i think a daily journal like i see that's actionable. i i cut my daily journal one snapback mondays i just couldn't do it but i was pretty good with it really loved that Finding a therapist, maybe set it specifically, do it bi-weekly or once a month. You, I think that's another thing. You don't necessarily need to do like weekly therapy sessions, which helps with cost, but also helps with maybe that fear. That's true. Um, so yeah, those are those are the goals. I'll only find out one bad thing about myself. <laughs> right, a, a right. Month. every two <laughs> weeks. Every week, yeah. No, it's so eye-opening, no, I think. I know, and, I and, and I'll honestly say the biggest thing, it not only made me more self-aware, it also made me more aware of like other people and and how they why they act the way they do and like understanding that this don't get too high too low. It's like 
Okay, you freak out on me. That isn't necessarily like a reflection of me. It's actually oh, I, right? yeah. like, but most people don't. If unless you go through therapy, you're not going to be understanding. Of that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I I think I've learned that through just like social and just in general <laughs> in life. Like most people are in a bad spot, and when you have that, you take it. Out. I've, I found myself like if I dislike something in somebody, a lot of it's because it's a reflection of things right. in me that I dislike. Right. You know. All right. Well, that turned into a nice little therapy session. <laughs> Um, anything else we want to leave them with? No, I mean, I'll, I'll go through my failed goals real quick, just cause I think that's, I mean, dude, we don't got another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. So I had host a golf tournament. We did not do that. Uh, we hosted the snapback tailgate. So that was kind of our pivot in the event. But once again, not the investment level that I wanted to do. I did F1 race. So it was, it's definitely hard and expensive to get out there. And that one, looking back, maybe it was more of just like a personal thing. F1 was hot. I'm okay that we didn't kind of do that. World Cup, I did scope out what it would have looked like to do World Cup content for, but once we did Snapback Monday. So I actually see World <laughs> Cup as like. Going to you Guitar than this, right? I, I mean, I, I even thought about should I fly to fucking Qatar today? To You're get, a psycho. Yeah, um, for the World Cup final tomorrow, and then the last one was Snapback NFTs. So NFT market yeah. was hot. How are you thinking about that for this upcoming year? So it's if you look at what we had, what I wrote underneath of Snapback NFTs, the purpose was to give back to our biggest fans, to connect with fans even more to gift fans, to help fans, uh, you know, to come to the Super Bowl with me, to connect deeper than just, like, having a Discord, to uh, take the money from the project and invest it back into that community. So I think, like, there's a world... I think NFTs and Web3 is actually the best way to execute and to connect even deeper, to track stuff, to have, you know, wallets connected, to, like, verify ownership, all that stuff... Now, do I think in 2023, you know, crypto and NFTs, right? I was going to say, if you you launched a thousand of them and I told you up front, you're going to sell 300 of them, would you you not do it? I'm not going to judge you based on the answer. I'm just curious. Uh, No, I think that it it depends what price point, obviously. Like if we did $10, um, that probably wouldn't be great. But if you told me like 300 people are going to be in a group and they're like I, I essentially the goal was to identify the super fans and to be able to give back to them and to build with them. And I thought NFTs were the best way. Now the way NFTs are viewed right now, I don't know if we get those super fans to commit to that. Now you're getting, you're looking for super fans, but also looking for people who are like fine playing in the NFT space. What do you think about? Um, I'm just thinking about this out loud right now because when NFTs dropped, like if you if you're like it, people knew the success of your collection based on whether or not it sold out, right? right? That was like the first eight right, months. Right. Of it. We launched with 1,200 in mind. We yeah. ended up selling 600, yeah. which based on where the market was at the time, I think it was fine, right? Yeah, like 600 yeah. is still a 100%. lot for, for an audience that had no idea about NFTs, whatever. Yeah. I almost feel like, and I, I get the allure that's like, oh, it's a limited amount of people and that's why a lot of them are valuable, at least from a collection standpoint. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see a shift into a less collection-minded thing and more like value-minded thing. Yeah. I almost feel like, if, and I'm just talking a lot because you didn't even mention like, oh, we, you know, we're nervous that we won't sell out. Yeah. I feel like it almost makes sense to have ra- just a time limit rather than a quantity like number. Like a subscription almost? Well, no, like it's okay. Like we're going to launch our NFT and they're going to be available for purchase from Monday at noon mm-hmm. until Sunday at midnight. Interesting. So it's it's not, it, it feels right, less right. like, oh no, we need to hit that That's thousand how number. you get the FOMO in, but also. You get the, the time limit, but it's not like, it's not like. But you're not trying not to everyone, create no, scarcity. Right, not all eyes aren't on you in the sense of like, oh, is he going to sell out or whatever. Yeah. You still, you feel fine. Like you identify the super fans. Like, okay, we sold 246 yeah. of them. Like that's our, that's our audience. Not like, damn, we sold 246 out of a thousand. Yeah, I think I would, that might be just more of like a healthier mindset thing. And and I was never under the belief that, and I think with Knights of DGen, our NFT project, 1,000%, the biggest mistake that was made, and this is just what every NFT collection did, is you took mo- you took the money. It was like you yeah. marketed the NFT and then like people profited off of it when really it was supposed to be used as like a fundraise of sort. And all that money should have been dumped back into the business to begin with. So I viewed... Uh, NFTs, Snapback NFTs is like Patreon on steroids, not like exclusive content and stuff like that, but just how do you get someone paying? And I also believe that like companies that the intent was, I was just, they were going to sell one NFT and it was just going to gain value and value and value when really like you got to be able to set like Top Shot continues to sell packs mm-hmm. to their members. So like 
the NFT could be around football season. The NFT could be around basketball season. That also helps. Instead of sending the, selling this comprehensive NFT, you kind of niche it down. So, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't view I, – I don't know if we'd set a number. I know 1,000%. It has to be able to be bought with credit card. It has to feel – We have – we have – we turn that on. Yeah. Um, I could help – if you ever need help with that, yeah. you probably already have a connection. But we literally did that, like, overnight – when we were at like 400 and we're like, we need to get to 600. Uh -huh. There's a ton of people that are like, fuck, we waited for our ETH to come in yeah, yeah. and it takes two days. Our, the agency we work with is like, let us create this thing. Let us like reach out to these guys who created this tool. And overnight we got the credit card yeah. payment to work. They paid an ETH, like the, the way it worked. Right. It was like, a, whatever, transferred overnight. And it was a huge fucking thing for us. It, and it, it helped us sell out that way. Yeah. I just think that, um, I'm not trying to, I, I would want to use NFTs to connect with the audience, not to like push crypto into our audience right now. I'm a huge believer in it, but I don't need, like that's not what Snapback Sports is. It's not a crypto company. It's a company that engages with its fans and what's the easiest way to do it, I think is NFTs, but you know, making them feel like collectibles, making them feel like the access is clear, the hooking up is clear, it's, it's all easy. So I, I don't know if that exists. Fully. There's just a lot of people that won't believe that's your intention. Is, is what's going to happen yeah, to your audience yeah. when you're like, I um, just want to make it more connection. Like you right. believe, you believe in the technology of NFTs. Most people are going to be like, dude, you're two years late on this scam. Right. So you're going to get a lot of those comments yeah, yeah. if you do it this year. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people were scamming to a degree. Like, correct. I mean, there's a reason that they, yeah, they feel that way because it was fucking happening. Of course. Right. No, not even like actual scams, but the idea that like you would create an NFT project and then take that money out as pro as profit. It, it's kind of a scam to a degree. I mean, yeah, if you didn't actually put value behind it, it was exactly. ridiculous. And no one matched that. What was the Board Apes value? Still today, what is the value? It's, they they were, it's a collection so that a lot of that is on. It, I think it depends on. It's a two-way communication street. Like, if you're a consumer that paid that much to be part of a collection, that's on you. You're right. For you not doing the collective research. But if the project dropper came in and was like, this is what I'm promising you, and mm -hmm. then didn't like that should be no, no. But illegal. what do they promise? Like you're gonna. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they actually promise anything upfront. Rather than the like, reason it felt like a scam was because what they promised you was you would then get another NFT, which they, be which okay. would would be worth something. Like that's like illegal to even say. Like as a uh, essentially right. Correct. So they offer you that, then they offer you Ape Coin, and based on how many NFTs you own, you get more of that. Another coin made up out of thin air. That feels fucking versus I actually think like you could easily say the value is being in a discord with people like-minded people. That is value. Is it worth 150? If the creator no. comes out, states what they're going to give you and then right. delivers. That's it to what you, we would do. I have absolutely you no would have problem access to a Super Bowl event. You would be entered into raffle to win. I'm a Super saying Bowl with board ape too. If yeah. they said what they said and they were like, this is what we're going to do. And then consumers came in and still bought it at a ridiculous fucking price. Yeah. I blame them for that. Not, for sure. Not the but market. I just think that, yeah, a lot of the the first iterations of NFTs of were were gross, Horrible. Uh, including Knights of DJN to a degree. Like I think our early version is like now it's crazy. They're raising money. They're in, they're building out an entire team, like building fantasy product. Like they're actually building something. Who? What are they building, and who? Who is investing into that? Uh, some. I don't some, mean like specifically, but I mean like yeah. No, they're they they're gonna build a Web three fantasy product, like product. They're productizing, and that's gonna be the value. And so, and another thing, what kind so, of product? So, DGen Coin, right? You will get if you hook up your sports book to you know if you hook up the Knights of DGen, um, essentially wallet to your sports book in exchange, effectively, I guess for data and information, you will get coin. You will make money off of that. So that's another like value add. It's all it all has to play out over time. Yeah, I guess but, like my, my but at least they're building something. Right. Um, my my thing is like most most brands. Okay, you build you're like productizing, but yeah. like you do have an audience because people bought the NFTs. In yeah. general. I'm not even talking about Nice DJ yes. at this point. The NF people basically just attach the word NFT, but NFT is just a product, right? right. And then people were like, oh, I deserve- No, no one built audience or to, community. Right, like yeah, if you yeah. don't have an audience, if you just like, I'm gonna make a sneaker tomorrow, right. but you've never like post on social media, you don't have an audience, like, but you attach NFT onto the end of it and think you could sell it, that's the way I think well, people could, went into it. Well, you could, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore, right, yeah. when it was first that's, It's actually why like maybe 2023 is the Which year Which is why when you're like, NFT. oh, they're productizing, I'm like, okay, but 
most of the time people were able to sell through NFTs. So now that the NFT right, right. like attachment to it means right. nothing, gone. now you have a product yeah, without yeah. an audience. Yeah. Why would people invest into something yes. like that? Yes. And, and they do media, uh, you know, to build audience. Right. But that was always my concern because as Snap Exports, we had an audience <laughs> and we knew that then we would sell product, not we sold product. Now we have a very limited, unengaged audience. Mm -hmm. How do we, like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap it here. We're over the hour. Goals. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna chop this up at the end of next oh, year. Oh, Ravens win a Super Bowl in 23. That's not a goal Jets? of yours. How is that not a goal of mine? <laughs> I'm okay. not doing right, this. You sound, like, you sound like how snacks. Like, I play for the New York Giants. Make $100,000 when the Ravens win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I bet too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done here. All right. Subscribe to the channel. Thumbs up. All that shit. You get tan? Uh, I get red, which eventually turns to a darker shade of pale. I was at a coffee shop this morning, and the barista was cute, and I met her last weekend. And I was kind of flirting with her today, but I didn't, like, give her my number or ask her her number. And, like, as soon as I went back to my apartment, I was like, fuck. Like, I got to go give her my number. By the time I went back down, though, there was, like, ten people in the coffee shop. And I was like, damn, I feel <laughs> too much of a fucking coward right now to do it. <laughs> so now it's been on my mind for, like, an hour and a half. Is that why you just went to get coffee? No, this is down by my apartment. But I'm going to stop there to get more coffee <laughs> <laughs> when I go home. She getting this fucking number.